You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling in the helping spirits. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who lived well and died well, met the challenges of their time, and brought forward the gifts and the medicine that they were dreamt up to bring. I call out to these ancestors to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I call out to those ancestors who were conscious when they were alive that that is what they were doing. And I call out to those ancestors that weren't aware. They were just trying their best to live in a good way and in so doing brought medicine to the world. So I call out to these ancestors to be with us and to help us, to help us to meet the challenges of our own time in a way that sets the stage in a good way for those who are coming. I ask these ancestors to help us always to remember that the moment matters for us, the living, and yet we need to attend to that moment in a way that has an awareness of those who have gone before and those who are coming. May, we, may the ancestors help us to hold this dual awareness and to do what we are doing in a way that is good for all life. And so as the ancestors gather round, I'd like to call out beyond the human ancestors to those who were here long before there were humans. For we share life on earth with many, many other living things, including the earth itself. And I call out to these ancestors, ever more ancient than our own human ancestors, to help us to understand how to be part of this great web of life, how to surrender to our own true nature, and in that to step back in to the flow of things back into the systems here that sustain life and create balance in life and to play out our true part in the dreaming and I call out to all of our ancestors and their many forms to gather around us to help us as helping spirits to understand the true nature of the human of the human heart the human mind and the human soul and to bring these these things to bear in our life so with all of these helping spirits gathered around, let's gather ourselves. Let's draw ourselves in from wherever we might be and focus into our head. Take a nice deep breath and release and draw our energy down to our heart. Another breath and release and draw our energy down into our belly. And then let us take a moment and stop everything that we're doing and focus on one thing, which is to touch the earth and to give thanks, to give gratitude for this day, to give gratitude for the great diversity and beauty and wonder in life, to give gratitude for that miracle of life itself, to give gratitude for the great mystery in it and the unfolding and gratitude for the abundance in our lives, particularly the abundance of gifts, those that we understand as the richness in our life and those we have not yet figured out how to unwrap in a way to derive the richness from them. But let us give thanks to this earth for the journey that we call life and this beautiful place to walk that journey. And with our gratitude pouring out to the earth, let our energy move down through the earth, through all the layers of the earth, giving gratitude as we go, letting the earth know of our sweet thanks for this life as we reach down to the very center of the earth and focus in on this energy that is this pure potential before it becomes anything. Let us tune in to the darkness and the silence and the stillness to the, that which nourishes and refreshes and restores. And let us tune deeply into this energy and begin to draw it up just as we would dip our hands into fresh water bubbling up to the surface on the earth on a hot day. Let us reach our energy into the very essence energies of the earth and draw this energy up, up through all the layers of the earth, up into our body, into our belly, into our heart and our mind. We draw this energy up and we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand how to ground ourselves in our bodies, 
on the earth, to know where we stand and what we stand for, and to build a sense of home in that place, a sense of home that has a sense of hearth to it and a sense of belonging. And let us build our sense of home in a way that is not locked to a particular land or a particular structure or even to a particular people. But let us create a sense of home that is so mature that it moves with us and that create a sense of our family that is so mature that it opens to those who are other than we are, who think differently than we do and look differently than we do and invite them to our table, that that conversation that ensues might provoke us to become the people we're really meant to be. And so we call out to the energy of the earth to help us to understand what it means to connect and to be interconnected within ourselves, with others, the connection with our environment, and ultimately the connection with the invisible world. And through our growing understanding of this, may we be blessed in this day with our sense of our place in the great web of life. And may we take our sense of right relationship, not from our past, not from our pain or our fears, May we take our sense of right relationship from our place in the great oneness of things, that we are part of the divine. And may we take our sense of right relationship from that knowing. And with this energy moving through us, let us draw the earth energy up through our bodies and out, out into the sky above, whatever weather it holds, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos. And let our energy rise up and out past all the heavenly bodies and the great wonders of our universe yet to be explored and reach all the way out to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this energy, name it. Know it in yourself, however you conceive of it. Know it in you and you in it and begin to draw this energy down. Drawing into yourself, drawing into these proceedings, drawing into your day, the essence energy of blessing. The energy of protection and generosity and commitment. And we draw these energies in, calling in all the wisdom of the cosmos, asking for illumination and inspiration. We call in the benevolence of this universe and ultimately the beneficence. We call in all of this wonder from above, that radiant energy that radiates into our lives, into the lives um, of that which takes form here on earth. We call this energy in, into our heads, into our heart, into our belly, and we send this blessing down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we become the meeting place of these two great legendary lovers, heaven and earth, earth and sky, yin and yang. And we call out to these energies and the big love that is created as they mix and merge and come together. We call out to that energy to awaken the spirit of our own heart. And may the heart find its mighty way to open up that crucible of transformation that is its nature. And that we draw up the fiery passions of the belly and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind. And let these energies dance in the heart together. Let this dynamic tension find its rhythm, find its tempo, and give birth to this third and most sacred thing that we each carry. If we can only learn to listen and to feel and to sense. So may these energies give birth to our memory of why we are here, a sense, a feeling, some sort of recognition of what our gifts are to bring to the world. And may we each find in our human heart some courage, whatever courage it takes to do something large or small in this day to bring our gifts to bear in the world. We give great gratitude to the spirit energy that's gathered around us to help us in this in every day. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I give great gratitude to those of you who uh, are helping me, you human spirits out there, who are helping me to keep the show on air. For those of you that are just joining us today, the show is listener supported, which means it is through the generous donations of listeners like yourself that we are able to pay the bills that keep the show available to anyone who can get on the internet. The show's uh, archives of six years of shows every week for six years. That's 300 plus hours are on whyshamanismnow.com. You can also download them from iTunes and you can also get them from co-creatornetwork.com. And they're free wherever you can access them. And it's, it's listeners like you that help me to do that. And so if this show moves you in any way, 
even if it moves you to frustration and irritation, I invite you to recognize that you have been moved. And I ask you to do this most fundamental of shamanic actions, which is to allow that which moves you in the heart to motivate your actions in the world. And so I give thanks to Aslan and to Anne Madeline, to Jamie, David, Teresa, Susan, Kayleen, Sarah, Elise, and JP, and all of the listeners who have been able to donate financially to the show. If you'd like to do that, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button, and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And if you are uncomfortable paying on the internet, you are welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org, and I would be happy to send you an address, regular old terrestrial address for a regular old handwritten check. All of it is much appreciated, um, large or small. As I often say, I'm not asking for anyone necessarily to give $5,000, but I don't think it's unreasonable for a thousand of you to give five. So thank you all very much. So we are live today, and if you have questions about today's topic, which is about springtime, and this show connects with a couple shows we did in the fall about how to engage in the season of the spring, what is going on, and how could we engage with that transition more fully. So if you have questions about today's topic, you're welcome to call in at 512 772-1938. You can Skype in from co-creatornetwork.com from the site itself, or you can just email me when, you know, it doesn't matter when you listen to the show, you're welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org, and I would be happy to um, respond to your question, which usually ends up turning into a show, to be honest. So, um, last fall, due to an excellent question from a listener about why we often get depressed and distraught or remorseful in the fall, um, I started a, a series of shows and they're seasonal. So before I dive into that today, I do want to acknowledge the fact that, of course, only the Northern Hemisphere is moving into springtime right now. And I apologize to my uh, human community on the east coast of North America because you're not going into springtime right now either and I apologize for that um, because you guys are still buried under snow but basically the northern hemisphere is is beginning its path to the springtime so to give us so this show is to give us an idea of what what we would be thinking about doing in the spring you know not quite there yet but it's good to prepare yourself before you arrive now for those of you who are in the southern hemisphere I would encourage you to go back to the show we did last fall um, that show is called grace as we transition with the seasons because it was about this idea of the transitional seasons of spring and fall so if you're in the southern hemisphere and you're looking at fall approaching you would listen to that show and for those of us moving into spring we're going to listen to this today and there are actually other versions of springtime shows um, I'll mention them later on as we get to them I can't remember the titles offhand but that's the thing to 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 recognize is your seasons are your seasons and depending on what you're experiencing on the land that you're in and I also want to acknowledge that there are other places in the world that not as temperate as the region that I live in where we have actually four or five seasons there are places in the world that have two they have wet seasons and they have dry seasons what you do in the wet season is you farm and what you do in the dry season is you do your ritual work because you don't have anything else to do because there isn't any water to farm and then there are other places on the planet that have long days in the summer and long nights in the winter and similarly the extremes of those seasonal qualities change how you would approach your activities around life like growing things and storing food for the winter and when you would do your ritual work and and so part of the different practices in shamanism around the world are different not because one way is right or wrong but they are different because the people are responding to their own seasons they're responding to the land they're responding to where they actually live that they are not living in a kind of distorted sense of climate uh, because they have electricity and air conditioners and heaters and and you know lights to keep on all night, and so um, 
the purpose of this series of shows is to is to help us as contemporary people who can often be pretty disconnected from the seasons because of our electricity and heat and air conditioning and the ability to disengage from what's actually going on and frankly to live in places nobody in their right mind would live permanently you know a lot of indigenous people a lot of shamanic people migrated because there's places you really don't want to be in the winter and places you really don't want to be in the summer so you know these shows are about how we can re-engage with these spirits of the seasons um and because when we don't, back to the listener's question, we often have emotional distress of one kind or another and that we don't participate with the season that's going on in a way that allows the, the spirit of the season to help to move us through the cycle of the year. I mean, we as contemporary people tend to forget that one of the most sacred sort of timings commitments that is often made in some sort of training with a spirit or something like that is a year and a day is is to go through the teachings of something some spirit some uh, teacher of some kind through all four seasons or five seasons or two seasons whatever your seasons are but to move through the whole year to get a whole a truly holistic understanding of a set of teachings you know and the classic example of this is the bear there's a knee-jerk contemporary response to bear medicine as being about hibernation and going within and gestating in the dark and all this cool stuff bears do in the dark. And yeah, I mean, that's really cool what bears do in the winter. Hibernation is amazing. But that's not what bears do in the summer. And so it overly simplifies the medicine and the teaching of bear spirit to think that it's only this wintertime bear thing. So... I'm sure you get my point. So do not belabor it any further. Let me dive into today's show. So as I was saying, we've done two parts of this series already. We've done fall and winter. And so today, even though we're not really quite in spring yet, I'd like to offer the spring show so you can begin to think about it. And in a sense, from a Taoistic sense, this next moon cycle, this next 30 days, is this final opportunity of the winter to continue to nourish the yin because it's big yin time so to continue to nourish that energy which you will then draw on through the other uh, 75% of the cycle you know through the rest of the year you will draw on that which you cultivate in the winter so this this 30 days is that opportunity to continue with that winter activity knowing that the spring is coming Okay, so as I said, we did the first two shows and the show that was really about fall and how you engage with fall and um, we talked about uh, fall as lung time. It's about the, um, in Chinese medicine, that's the organ associated with the fall. And again, that show was called Grace as we transition with the seasons. So this was about the lung time and how we can work shamanically um, with that. And then we followed that show with um, a show about the winter. And this one is called Moving Through the Heart of Fear. And this is about kidney time in the winter. And the cultivation, the deep cultivation of yin energies in the winter. And how we do that by um, moving beyond our fears and returning to the source. And returning to a resonance and a memory of why we have come into this life and to and to use that kind of activity to cultivate um, our yin energies as stores for going forward. And so this week we're moving on to part three about these seasonal spirits. And this is springtime and it is also liver time. So these shows are about how do we harmonize with the seasons? How do we move with grace with the seasons rather than feeling tossed around and out of sync with the earth? I mean, there, it, it's funny, you know, human beings spend so much time talking about the weather, which talking about the weather is not such a problem. But what's interesting is when people complain about the weather, you know, they complain that it's cold in the winter or complain that it's hot in the summer. I mean, it seems kind of silly if we think about conserving our resources. But anyway, the point is, how could we work shamanically, understand the seasons more fully, 
um, and, and really allow the seasons and our engagement with them to move us in the journey of our life. So looking at this from a Taoistic lens, um, just to recap kind of for us here. So the winter is full yin or utmost yin as they say. So spring then is the movement from yin to yang. So in Chinese medicine, it's called lesser yang. But the un- important thing to understand about it is it is a time of rising energies. You're rising out of this big yin time and beginning to move the energies towards the summer, which is going to be full yang. And then the summer is, of course, followed by the fall where the this full yang energy begins to settle. And so it's like a, a, a lesser yin time before we move into the deep yin time of the winter. So the seasons together are balanced and whole and they move in the cycle of the year in this big wholeness and we could experience more wholeness within our own well-being, a more holistic sense of health if we would understood how to move with the seasons. Now the tricky thing for us I think as contemporary people is that spring and fall really trip us up because they are the transitional seasons and they are encompassing that movement from yin to yang and yang to yin. And this is problematic for us as contemporary humans because transitions are problematic for us. And we don't, we don't keep in mind this Taoistic um, principle that energy is either lost or gained in the transition. So in other words, by how we apply ourselves to the transitions in our life, we will either lose energy or gain energy. And so one of the things that's important to understand if you understand that is that by definition, fighting against anything that by its nature is transitional will assure that you lose the maximum amount of energy in a transition. So the important thing about spring and fall is to embrace the transition and to engage in that transitional time in a way, hopefully, that allows you to to gather energy. So... But the important thing to understand is the reason the re, one of the reasons that we lose energy in transition is something we talk about all the time on this show because culturally in the western world we lack a right relationship with death and because we lack right relationship with death i mean literal death we are terrible at letting go about creating closure, about all of these these things that are expressions of these small deaths in life. And so, uh, because we lack a right relationship with death, we have a very hard time releasing in a timely fashion or releasing fully. And so thus, we're challenged in transition because in transition, you're having to let go of what was and begin to reach towards what is, even though it's not here yet. Okay, now the other thing that we talk about all the time on this show, which also speaks to why we struggle with transition, is because we lack a right relationship with the unknown, right? And, and, and therefore, we resist anything in life that requires that we surrender. So if we want to gain energy in transition, we have to surrender to it and participate in it. It's like pushing off from the side of a river and getting caught in the current and letting it take you downstream regardless and surrendering to the flow of that transition. And because we don't like this culturally, we don't have a great relationship with death and we don't have a right relationship with the unknown. Consequently, we suck at transition. And because we suck at transition, we lose energy. Now, think about that if we think about it seasonally. That means then 50% of the year, you're most likely losing energy. Where if you could just change your attitude around transition, you would be gaining energy in the spring and the fall. So, when we are in transition, so think about this in, in, from the perspective of the springtime. When we're in transition, we need to allow the transition and receive it. So the first thing is noticing. Recognize that you're in transition, that you're being moved from here to there. So you're no longer here, which means you must let go, and you are not yet there, which means you have to just accept what you're uncertain about and the unknown and trust the flow of the transition. 
So stop struggling, stop whining, and um, pay attention to the fact that you're neither here nor there. So where are you? It's time to really pay attention in the moment. So your disciplines then that you, you, your practices, you know, that allow you to collect and contain energy are paramount when you're in transition. Those things that bring you into the moment and gather your energy need to be practiced in transition. And most people use transitions as an excuse to abandon their practices. Once again, guaranteeing you will lose the most amount of energy in the transition. See, so this is really problematic with spring because spring is the time of the dreamer manifester. It's the time that our dreams become clear and we desire to move forward in action in the world and manifest them. Just like the buds on the trees and the crocuses coming up and those glorious yellow daffodils and all of that that, that, that announces springtime. That energetically wants to happen in us. Right? But if we are throwing away our energy by the way we attend to the transition of spring, we don't have any energy to manifest. And so nothing changes. Right, So once you have yourself collected, then you need to clarify in your mind what the transition is. Where you were, where you are, where you're going. Right, So this is the thing about the springtime. If you've done your winter work then you have already assessed where you were and where you are. And you're really awakening to where do you truly need in your soul to be going? Where do you want in your heart to be going? And then as the spring comes and the dreamer gathers that, you can go forward. So now that you've accepted and embraced the transition, you also need to allow it. And so energetically, as I said, this is like pushing off from the shore and getting caught in the current. Like there is um, a typical pattern that I see, particularly in people that are engaged spiritually and are very good people. And it's a faint-heartedness where they start to get caught up in the transition of something And then they start panicking as the momentum picks up and they're no longer in control. So once again, we're back to someone who hasn't yet adjusted their attitude to be able to be in transition in a good way. The momentum happens. It's a good thing. It's the thing that's going to carry you. So learn to ride it. It's like um, pulling the surfer card in the Voyager Tarot deck. Um, It's that ability to ride the wave, to be in the current and let it carry you and not have to assess and micromanage, journey about every little thing, pick everything apart until you've dispersed all the momentum of the transition through your doubt and analysis. Okay. So to really allow the transition, ultimately you are required to let go. And if you don't, if you feel like you're snagging in your transition and going bump on things in your transition and it's not going well, you could always journey and ask your helping spirits. Use that metaphor of, you know, going downstream and ask your helping spirits to see you where you're holding on that you don't understand. What are you bumping into? You know, what, what do you need to be doing to more fully embrace being in the transition and enjoying it? And so finally, if we're really going to gain energy in the transition, um, not only do we need to allow the transition to happen in our life, to catch that current and trust the momentum and go with it, but we need to receive it. We need to receive the unknown and the uncertain and uncertainty and the out-of-controlledness of the very nature of transition and be one with it. And so that's a review, really, of the basics of being in transition and how we need to adjust our awareness so that we can begin to gain energy in that process and use the flow of the transition to help us arrive at the, in this case, at summer, having gained energy through the spring. Okay, so again, we're applying this idea of being in transition because there's many kinds of transitions that we're in. We transition in different phases of being in school, being not in school, being parents, no longer being parents, being married, no longer being married, being um, 
straight no longer being straight. I mean, there's a lot of life transitions out there. Um, we're all passing somewhere, and we need to transition out of that. And we're all in the closet somewhere, and we need to come out of that. So there are many, many life transitions. And how to be good in transition and gain energy is is an art that your helping spirits can really help you with by just journeying about the specific questions. Okay, but today we're talking about this particular transition called springtime. And so applying this to the season is more than the obvious, which would be don't spend your springtime wishing you'd done better work over the winter. You know, don't um, spend your whole springtime being frustrated that you indulged too much, you gained too much weight, you watched too much TV, you didn't focus on what you wanted to. It doesn't do you any good because the energy of spring is an energy of blossoming. I mean, duh, right? I mean, that's obvious. The energy of spring is rising and it does not want to hesitate to blossom. And so you're going blah, blah, blah about what you didn't do couldn't be more detrimental to well, I just was thinking of I have these wonderful Daphne blossoming right now. And, you know, the problem is when some really nasty weather rolls through that is unseasonal, as we would say, those buds can, um, you know, be frozen and it just ends the blossoming. Or when we get a big wind and it blows the blossoms off the fruit-bearing trees and all of a sudden no pears this year. I mean, that that there are ways that these extremes can come through, but that ultimately as a human, talking about the blossoming of your purpose here in life, your dreams for this life and the manifestation of it, and I don't mean your ego dreams, I mean your heart and soul's dream, why it's here, that blossoming is unstoppable if we engage with it. Let's see, what am I trying to say? That blossoming is unstoppable unless we choose not to engage with it. We're the bad weather. We, we are the one thing that can make sure the blossoming doesn't happen. Everything else around us is actually supporting it and asking for it one way or another, right? But we are the ones that can stand in the way. So let's look at spring energetically. How do we not stand in the way? Okay, so there's actually other shows about this already. And one of them in the archives is called Planting the Seeds of Your Soul's Purpose. So you could think of that as a companion show to this show. Okay, and some of the information is a little bit duplicated because spring's liver time. There's no way around that. Um, But that one talks more about potentially doing a ritual uh, with the earth where you are literally planting the seeds of what it is that you want to make manifest in your life. So anyway, back to the springtime and this particular transition. How do we engage in the transition of spring in a way that we gather energy? Okay, so first we have to understand that springtime is liver time. It's liver gallbladder pair and this is the wood element in Chinese medicine. And the liver moves the chi in the body very much like sap rising in the spring to promote the growth in the trees. Right, so it's wood wood energy. Liver moves the chi. It um, and the and the fluids follow chi from a Chinese perspective in the body. So, what the liver does is it stores blood and then it moves it into the body through action. As the body requires it through physical activity, the blood is moved out into the body, into the muscles and the sinews. And then, when we rest and relax, the blood goes back into the liver and if all is well and good in that return to the liver the blood returning there we restore and then the energy goes back out again in more activity that's assuming the blood and the liver are happy and healthy okay but that's what's meant to be happening so spring is the time in the cycle of the year though that the liver itself liver gallbladder pair but the liver itself is cleansing nourishing and expressing itself in the whole cycle So in other words, we talked about fall being the time of the lungs and winter being the time of the kidneys. So spring is the time that the liver is doing its thing. And this is why it's important that we have gone uh, through the winter and realigned ourselves with the source, that we have reconnected with our sense of purpose and meaning in life. 
and that we have taken this time to become clear about what we're letting go of, especially dreams that are no longer serving us or that we no longer want to serve, um, dreams that perhaps we really wish we were still living but their time has come and they're done, um, that this is important work um, of the soul, the heart and soul over the winter because the liver is the dreamer in Chinese medicine. The gallbladder is the manifester. But it is a time of dreaming and manifesting. So you think of the liver as the organ that moves the blood and the chi out into the action. And so there's a, there's a need in the springtime, just like the sap rising into the branches and the buds and then the growing of everything, that we, we for our heart and soul and its well-being, need to grow in the spring. We need to have the dreamer rise up and the manifester move our energy into it and us to start taking action and making things happen. That's what the springtime is about. It's about our blossoming. So liver gallbladder, our dreamer manifester, part of the wood element, their energies are strong, flexible, upward rising, just like the wood. This is the time in the early spring of the dreamer beginning to wake up and the manifester moving to make those dreams happen in the world. It's just like the buds. And so one journey question you could ask if you like didn't didn't tune in in the winter, you don't know what's going on and here comes your springtime. You could journey to ask, you know, where are the buds emerging on the barren branches of my life and how do I how do I get myself ready to tend to them? Because our soul's purpose is wanting to happen. And if it is not happening, it's because we are in the way. But those buds are on those branches, waiting and waiting and waiting for the energy to move to them so that they can blossom. Okay, so liver's the dreamer. And physically, it disseminates the chi where it's needed. So it's also referred to as the general. And this is not a bad uh, way to think of the liver. Um, it wants to marshal your chi into your dreams and into why you are here. The liver stores the chi and moves it as needed. And it is purely about that energetic task of sending the chi out to support the manifestation of why you are here. So the general doesn't want, you know, very, uh, the general isn't about small piddly things. The general is about why are you here? What is the dream? How do we manifest it? You know, the, gen the general gets called in for the big stuff, right? And so that's, that's who the liver is. So when the liver is, <clears throat> excuse me, healthy, the thing that's important to understand is when you have a healthy liver, because it is the general, because it is the dreamer, when we have a healthy liver, we are able to plan our life smoothly and wisely. I mean, that doesn't mean shit doesn't happen. But because the general is healthy, you're able to respond strategically to the stuff that's out of your control and continue to plan smoothly and wisely and then move your resources into the plan and make things happen. So conversely, if you do not, if you are not able to plan in your life smoothly and wisely, if you're not able to create strategies, you really need to look to the health of your liver. I mean, it, it really is that simple. I mean, the beauty of Chinese medicine and shamanism is that they are truly holistic systems. They're not intellectually holistic. They are literally, truly, spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally holistic systems, right? So the qualities that we derive from a healthy liver are creativity in our self-expression no hesitation around blossoming we have clarity in our identity and from those things comes kindness when we are clear when we feel our indomitable spirit we have the luxury then to be kind and these are the signs of a healthy liver so spring is a good time for liver detox I mean we refer to it as detoxing but it's really a cleansing to support the cleansing the liver is already engaged in so that we do all we can do in this transitional time to support creating a healthy liver that is clear, 
and create and creates this ability for us to dream strong and to manifest our soul's true purpose. So the first challenge is when we haven't gone within over the winter. We haven't stopped engaging in the 10,000 things we're always engaged in. We haven't disengaged from the things that are distractions. When we haven't realigned ourselves with our life, with our dreams over the winter. When we haven't sorted and cleansed out the bad dreams. It's really challenging then for the liver in the springtime. So an unhealthy liver then, if you can imagine all that stuff not being done over the winter... An unhealthy liver is really, really grumpy when it wakes up in the spring. And we, as humans, respond to that by being really irritable and quick to anger. And so a chronically unhappy liver leads to a chronic inability to plan in your life and a chronic lack of direction. So those of you who just, I don't know what my purpose is, I can't connect, I don't have a direction, I can't complete my projects, you need to look to your liver. Do a liver detox this spring. Starting to do an annual liver detox was one of the most powerful indirect things I did for the whole rest of my life. To simply tend to the dreamer. To, to take steps to create a healthy liver so that dreaming manifesting function could happen in my life. It changes everything. So if our liver is unhealthy, if it's in excess, then we have a lot of nighttime dreams of anger and frustration. When our liver is deficient, um, we often dream of things that would nourish the liver. So we dream of um, sleeping under fragrant mushrooms or in forests in the mountains, all of these things that would nourish the wood element. But in the dream, you know, we're lying under these great trees or this great mushroom or whatever, but we can't get up because it's about this deficient chi. The general literally cannot mar- marshal the forces, right? And so it's really problematic. I mean, imagine being the general, right? It is really problematic to wake up from a great dream with a strong vision you cannot wait to manifest, only to find that there's crap everywhere, that you're stumbling over old boxes of life, and uh, speaking metaphorically, of course, but, but all this old stuff is in the way, that things are left undone, issues you've avoided instead of really dealing with, and that nagging promise you made to your heart that you've broken once again. It's really frustrating for the general dreamer to wake up ready to blossom and go forward. And there's all this old stuff that was here last year is still in the way. It's like no wonder people get so irritable and angry in the springtime. So the value of your yin time in the winter is the value of following the path laid down by the kidneys and their need to detox and rebalance. It's the value of the water element to help you transform your current template of fear. So this is the value of the winter time. And as I said, I'm doing the spring show now, not because it's spring, right? But because it's almost spring. So we have this last chance to dive into the work of the winter, right? And so the value of your yin time in the winter is that this is a direct way to strengthen your willpower to live your unique genius, to know why you are here and to trust that knowing enough to give your life to it, to be brave enough to live your vision and actualize your unique self in this lifetime. The Jair spirit, which is... In the, with the kidneys in the wintertime um, is cultivated when we cultivate the health and balance of the kidneys in the winter. Um, it is the will and intent to bring into manifestation the unique individual that you are. So it's the will and the intent, right, to, to shapes the will and intent and the clarity around that unique individual. And then the liver energy comes in and lifts that energy up into the dream and the manifestation. But the wintertime is important to really strengthen and clarify that will and intent to bring into manifestation the unique individual that you are from your own inner world into your life in the outer world. So this winter energy 
is about having tremendous reserves, indomitable will. It's the will, not the spirit, but the will. And the quiet, relentless trust in your knowing to bring forth that which is within you. So this is what we're wanting to do in this next month, basically. To to clear the room for the general so the general has resources to mobilize our energy towards our real dreams and so the winter is about indomitable will and intent right whereas the spring is about indomitable spirit it's about the blossoming so that's the deal with spring the dreamer is waking and we are inspired by the buds and the blossoms and the lengthening of the, of the days and the sunshine. And um, where we have not tended the winter well, we find the general rising into the spring and stumbling over bad dreams and unfinished business of last year. Or perhaps the unfinished business of a lifetime. And the general isn't happy. So the important thing about the liver is it is the root of stopping extremes. It's about moving chi into the plan and the flow of a directed life. And so spring says stop being angry and irritated. Deal now. Cleanse the liver. Move the chi in the body through exercise. Move the blood. Breathe hard. Sweat. Get it moving. And allow a sense of flow to stir a sense of the essence of who you need to tend to. So there's another aspect of this um, stop being angry and irritated. Right? Moving the liver into a healthier place. Yes, there's the detox. Yes, there's the physical activity. But for us as contemporary people, there is also another place that our energy really gets stuck, our liver energy gets stuck, which is in dealing with a life filled with stress. Now the correlation here is how we deal with that stress, right? And for those of you who allow the stress to keep you from taking action, you are conspiring with yourself to create an unhealthy liver. Because remember, the liver wants to move the chi through action into the life and to make things manifest, right? And so people who deal with stress well are usually able to figure out how to not feel trapped and impotent by the stress, but they're able to figure out how to take action. And so another way you can begin to prepare yourself for the springtime is to really look at the load of stress that you carry in your life. Is there stress you carry you could simply walk away from? Just just say no. Just choose to not engage with that anymore. And are there other stresses in your life that you can take action relative to and to take those actions? Another thing that spring says and transition says is it reminds us change is a good thing. We don't like it. We tend to avoid it. But change is a really good thing, especially in a transitional time. And so maybe there are things that are an ongoing stress in your life that you actually could choose to take an action relative to and move the situation. This is another place um, where action matters, but we don't think of it when we're thinking just traditionally about physical action. I mean, it is an action, but you're taking it to cut through the stress that is the stagnant energy in your life. Okay. So, liver, and thus the spring, is about what the Chinese call the ethereal soul. And this is the soul that returns into that, the realms without form when we die. So, Chinese medicine also talks about the corporeal soul, which is the soul that animates the body and goes back to the earth when we die. But the ethereal soul is the soul that is here because we have a soul's purpose. And that's why the liver is associated with it because the ethereal soul, which is related to the liver, knows what we're dreaming. It knows why we're here. It's connected. It's here for a purpose. And that's the dream. 
that the liver wants to move our springtime energy into to manifest. So this ethereal soul is here because we have a purpose and that's its reason for being here. It is here with this sense of purpose. Thus it influences our capacity to plan our life and to find a sense of direction in life. And so this is why the liver and the health of your liver is related to your capacity to do these functions in life, which is critical when it comes to your soul's purpose because nobody can plan that for you. Nobody can guide you toward your soul's purpose. You have to step up into that leadership. You have to be the general as well as the forces, as well as the visionary. You have to be the dreamer and the leader and the army that does it. That, that is the nature of each of our individual soul's purposes, right? And so when the liver is flourishing and spring abounds in life, the ethereal soul is able to firmly root within and to help to direct our life towards that soul's purpose. So we can move towards our dreams. We plan that wisely. And this is the important thing. We plan wisely because the ethereal soul is rooted. We don't come up with wild outlandish fantasy schemes and these great big dreams that are all going to happen in two weeks. I mean, we plan wisely. It may be a big dream, but we plan on moving towards it step by step, stage by stage, right? And the other thing about a healthy liver is we get a flow then of energy that has a sense of clarity and creativity. So as stuff happens in life, because it will, there's always going to be the unexpected and the frustrating blocks and things like that. We can respond to that reality in a way that doesn't derail us entirely and knock us off course and keep us from being able to continue to move in the manifestation of that dream. So where the liver is stagnant or deficient, you need to do a detox. But <laughs> where the liver is stagnant or deficient or pushed into excess by our choices, the ethereal soul cannot root well within us. So the ethereal soul is rooting in the liver. If the liver is unhealthy, it can't root within us. So without this connection, our ethereal soul cannot give us the sense of direction or of flow or of identity. And so if this unhealthy way of being continues, we can even get into a place where we have this real floaty feeling at night because the ethereal soul has become so unrooted that um, – we actually sense ourselves out of our body at night in this real floaty kind of scary way. And sometimes that unrootedness is so profound um, that we actually are feeling fear as we fall asleep. Now, I'm not talking about astral projecting. I'm talking about a subtle relationship with your ethereal soul and feeling, although you might not be aware of it during the day, feeling as you're going to sleep at night the strong um, sense of that unrootedness and the, and, the, and the unhealthiness in that unrootedness. So this can all be turned around by engaging in the transition of spring and tending to the general, cleanse the liver, move the blood, breathe the fresh air, allow the dreamer to dream true, attend to the stresses in your life in a reasonable way, take action where you can, end things where you can't, but allow the general, the, the energy, the resource that it needs to move forward. So anger is most often, anger is associated with the liver. This is, this is the emotion that arises um, <clears throat> irrationally or irritably when the liver is unhealthy. Anger in and of itself is not an unhealthy emotion. But when it's... Um, erratic or kind of trigger trigger haired uh, or ha sorry hair triggered <laughs> um, then then we've got kind of an unhealthy relationship with anger going but the important thing to think about with anger is you know our physical and energetic boundaries are not the only boundaries that get violated you know and anger usually rises up in us when there's some kind of boundary violation you know physical and energetic boundaries are the things other people usually violate and sometimes we violate them with our own choices, but usually we're, we're talking about relationships then. But within ourselves and in our internal relationships, you can violate the boundaries of your own heart. You can make choices that violate the boundaries of your ethereal soul, 
So one of the reasons you may be struggling with anger in the springtime as this energy rises is that you are engaged in boundary violation in your own inner world through the choices that you've made. Even your dreamer has boundaries. You know, your soul has boundaries in the sense that you can only ignore or deny your soul's purpose here so many times before a deep smoldering core of anger begins. And the anger of a soul no one will listen to will undermine liver function and vice versa. So it's very, very important to begin to pay attention to. So it's spring. So pay attention. Pay attention to your emotions. Are they the feelings of your indomitable spirit wanting to forge ahead and follow the plans of the dreamer to marshal behind the general and manifest your dreams? Or is there anger in your heart for those dreams that are once again buried under the habit of the person that you have been? Are you feeling the rage in the manifester who has no resources to work with because they are squandered by your chronic fear-based choices or your emotional addictions or by a desire um, to serve others in your life instead of your own soul's purpose. So if you are in springtime or, or moving into springtime, I should say, here in the northern hemisphere, you'll be asking questions in your journeys about the dreamer and its plans for your life. You can journey to the manifester and ask about resources and skills and support needed to live the dream. You know, this is, this is the thing I see with contemporary people, especially those somewhat younger than I am. Dreaming is sexy. Visions are sexy. Having great ideas are sexy. Manifesting them is not sexy. It's work, right? And so we have a tendency to go dream, 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 but not attend to the manifester. To not ask the very unsexy questions like, do I have the resources to make this happen? And if not, where do I go get them? Do I have the skills to make this happen? If not, where do I go learn them? Do I have the support <clears throat> needed to make this happen? And if not, who do I ask for help? None of that's sexy. And it gets doesn't get done. Because it's not as much fun as the dreaming part. It's the work. But the thing about that I love about shamanic people all over the world is they get the fact that humans need work. We are not at our best when we are not when we don't have a plan, we don't have work, that we don't have a way to express ourselves in the world. That we when we are idle, when we have too much time in our hands, when we don't have a plan, we cause trouble for ourselves and others. So you can journey to the dreamer, to the manifester. You can journey to your liver and ask your liver to show you what it would feel like. Liver, what would it feel like if you were cleansed and able to support me in living my dreams? And then ask liver, what do you feel like right now? And then compare those two experiences in your journey. And then ask your helping spirits, what do I need to do to close the gap? And get on with your liver detox. So if you aren't sure what's going on, you can always journey to your helping spirits and ask them to show you how you are losing or gaining energy in this transition. It's a somewhat generic question, but it's a good place to start. And, you, and given whatever image you are given in your journey about how you are um, losing energy, you may need then to journey about each one of those leaks or hemorrhages or whatever it is that you're finding. So you can always approach beginning to organize your energy better around this transition just by asking about the transition itself. You can ask, how do I need to adjust my attitude so that I allow this transition its full nature in my life? You know, transitions are designed to transport us from here to there. What do you need to do to allow the springtime to do that? And so finally, I think what's important is how do I engage in this transition so that I gain energy from it? And that is what is most important about springtime, is even though it's an energy uh, a season of energy rising and moving out into the manifestation of our dream, there's a way that we can engage in that 
so that we are actually gaining energy in the process. So the most important thing to remember in all of this about the seasons is that all yang, all the time, extinguishes itself and takes us to death. All yin, all the time, stagnates itself and delivers us just as certainly to death, a different death, but death nonetheless. Life is in the movement of the chi from yin to yang and yin to yang and yin to yang continuously. Life is in that chi. There's not yin chi or yang chi. There's just chi and the movement of it. Life is in the transition that moves us from here to there. So life is happening in those transitions, in that place that is neither here nor there. And if we can be in that place, we can glimpse the mystery. And in that mystery, stumble upon our true self. So I want to thank the ancestral helping spirits for their patience with us and their help. For the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I just want to remind everyone that um, class registration for um, Last Mask Center can be found at the website lastmaskcenter.org and you can register from the calendar for almost all the classes um, or if not just contact Andrea through the website and we can give you information you need. Um, on March 13th through 15th Healing the Ancestral Lines is happening here in Portland. The prerequisite for that is strong journeying and there's preparation for it journey preparation for it and so you cannot register at the last minute so if you want to come and join me for that here in Portland please register now and you'll get your prep material and off we go and then also Massive Illusion and the Authentic Self is in Tucson, Arizona well outside of Tucson, Arizona July 5th through 10th and we are currently taking registrations for that as well so thank you everyone have a great week <laughs>